Welcome to the NRL.com preview podcast. We're here to talk through all eight games coming up in around 21. My name is Chris Kennedy. I'm joined by NRL.com crack reporter Alicia Newton. Alicia, thank you for being here. Not a problem as always, CK. Marty Lenahan is back. Marty, thank you for dialing in. G'day, guys. Good to be with you. Let's talk some games. It kicks off on Thursday night with the Knights and the Broncos. Massive game for uh, Newcastle. Uh, Leash a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde side uh, of late, the uh, the Knights. But, um, yeah, what do you make of their chances this weekend? Uh, what's going to be interesting, a lot's been made around their four-day turnaround. Hasn't really happened before. We know it happens after Origin a fair bit for some players, but not necessarily a whole team. So, um, yeah, very interesting to see if they can continue on their performance uh, against the Raiders last week. I think they surprised a few people. Um, I know I tipped them, but when Mitchell Pierce got ruled out, I thought, oh, man, that, that's going to go the other way now. But, no, to their credit, they put on some points, and that's what they need to do if they want to play finals. They've obviously got a pretty poor um, for and against compared to the other five, four sides um, on 18 competition points. So, um, yeah, they need to back it up after their decent performance on Sunday. Another pretty good side uh, named Mitch Pierce, we're told, is definitely in. Jaden Braley is out, which is probably not a big surprise given that heavy knocky cops from Josh Papali'i uh, officially rested, but you would have to think the, uh, the head contact played a, a part in that decision as well. Yeah, talking to Adam O'Brien today, he said it was more around his workload. Um, I think the Knights have got a 10-day turnaround after this Thursday, so it's a fairly decent break for, for Jaden. He's obviously played all year as opposed to some of the other guys in the spine, so probably not a bad time to give him a rest, but I can see how, um, I guess, the correlation with that that heavy hit he copped off probably despite staying on the field, um, it did look pretty bad. So, yeah, he gets a bit of a rest. Um, Chris Randall's in. He comes back from a broken arm. Um, and, yeah, he should do a pretty handy, solid job for them. Bradman Best made a, a huge difference, him and Ponga combining on that uh, left edge and Anari Tuala sort of reaps the rewards from it. Yeah, he was enormous. You just saw that whole left edge fire. You know, it's what they've been missing out wide. Their edge defence has been pretty poor, but I thought he, apart from one try, I think they might have let in down that channel. He was quite good. Um, yeah, he just lifts other players. And I think, you know, having Pierce back now as well, they could probably attack a bit more on the right and, and become really unpredictable. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they back that up against the Broncos. Marty, the uh, Broncos, another team that had one of their best games of the year on the on the weekend, the... Um... You know, a great performance from you know, Tyson Gamble in the halves has really gone from strength to strength since being caught up. Payne Haas was really good once again. Jordan Ricky probably his best first best game in uh, in first grade, but a couple of injury blows as well. Katoni Staggs, the luckless centre, was great, but um, now ruled out for the year. And Jake Turpin set to miss a few as well. Huge loss, I think, Katoni Staggs. This game for me comes down to the ins and outs. I think Mitchell Pierce back and Katoni Staggs out is the uh, is the tail of this game. I thought Brisbane were, were fantastic as you said one of their best wins and it's all coming down to a bit of stability in the halves I think you know that this is a team that we, we spoke about so many times shuffling around the six and the seven and here's uh, Croft and Gamble getting some regular footy together and Tyson Gamble we love him he's a bit of a throwback to the 80s I think the way that he he plays the game he's, he's just got a great attitude gets up in the face and he's going really well but yeah I think Katoni Staggs being out is a massive blow for them yeah, it's huge. I think the continuity in the spine has been important. I think probably this very podcast, we've been critical of Kev Walters through the year for constantly reshuffling the six and the seven around every week. And, um, you know, even Brody Croft hasn't been too bad of late, but Tyson Gamble's really flourished with a chance just to sort of play some regular first grade every week and, and build some combinations. Absolutely. And Tessie New is really uh, coming along well at fullback, so part of that spine as well. So, 
But mentioning that, of course, they lose Jake Turpin. So he goes out of that spine that played so well last week. And he's uh, he's one of those guys that really plugs up the middle and does plenty of defence. So he'll be missed as well. I think, um, as I said, I think it really comes down to what Newcastle gained from Mitchell Pearce being back. And that's a, that's a huge benefit for them. And unfortunately for Brisbane, just as they get on a bit of a, a roll and start to be a bit more consistent, they lose you know a couple of key players. Give us a tip for this one. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Knights. I think they, uh, I think Mitchell Pearce is, is huge, huge in for them. Bradman best in in really good form, so I think they can get the job done. Have you got Alicia? Yeah, I'm the same. I don't think the four-day turnaround will affect them too much. I expect them to uh, get the win. Yeah, I think I think it might be a bit of a challenge off the four days and losing Jaden Brady, but I am going to lean towards the Knights as well. Uh, second game of the round: the Raiders and the Dragons. Uh, Marty, I think you and I were the two fools that tipped Canberra to beat Newcastle uh, last week. Uh, coming off three straight wins, that just haven't quite been able to maintain. It was a huge step backwards for them uh, against Newcastle. Yeah, I think there was plenty of fools out there in uh, tipping land CK who thought uh, <laughs> three games in a row for the Raiders. They did look they look good. I mean, I think uh, you had every right to think that they could keep that little role going. But uh, yeah, unfortunately... Uh, a massive step back for them. So I think, uh, you know, they've got to regroup a little bit and get back on track very quickly. They're, they're part of this mix. There's all these teams, five teams going for two spots and uh, they're in there. So certainly need to re- regroup quickly. What do you make of the constant changes in the the forward pack? I'm looking at um, Hudson Young starting on an edge with Corey Hadawit and Ida benched. Um, Hadawit and Ida has been immense for them the past few weeks. He probably wasn't great um, against the Knights, but it was only, I think it was the Sharks game a couple of weeks ago. He's had a whirlwind game, sort of 13 or 15 tackle busts and eight offloads or something and one of the best games of his career. And then you know, Hudson Young gets a chance while Whitehead's out and he plays really well and uh, all of a sudden CHN's back to the, the bench. Is it sort of just rewarding recent form horses for courses or you know, I just found it a bit strange that a guy can play so well and then within two weeks be punted back to the bench? Yeah, it's interesting. I think Harawir and Naira certainly had a few mistakes in his game last week, but he wasn't the only one. That certainly wasn't their best performance by a long way. So whether Ricky's just uh, trying to challenge some of these guys and shuffle them around a little bit, and um, I guess when you're in this position with only five weeks to go, you certainly can't accept, you know, a couple of weeks of bad form or you might just drop right out of the picture. So I reckon Ricky's just, uh, he's just trying to get the best out of some of these guys and throw them a challenge and as you said, Harawira and Naira was playing some really good footy, so it'll be interesting to see how he responds to uh, to the shuffle. What do you make of this Dragons lineup, Alicia? I, um, if you'd asked me the last three or four weeks in a row to predict what their one through seventeen was going to look like on a Tuesday morning, I would have been very, very wrong by Tuesday afternoon. It's happened again. Jack Bird at fullback, Tyrell Sloan. I don't think he's injured. I think he's just joined Matt Dufty on the the sidelines. Lomax is back, who we'd almost forgotten about, but was probably overdue to return from his thumb injury. Cody Ramsey at centre, Matt Fiennes still retained on the wing. Um, Adam Clune in the halves is a, a bunch of guys are going in and out. There's, I think, two guys, the last two taking their suspensions, which is Josh Kerr and Jared Beale. But even that notwithstanding, it's still a, a peculiar team sheet. I was going to say, I don't envy anyone that has to do Tuesday teams because it is always a mess. It has been since basically, you know, since the barbecue incident with, with Paul Vaughan, it's just been all over the place. Um, I find it, like many do, a bit fascinating, the fact that you've got two, you know, fullbacks, specialised fullbacks basically sitting there in the reserves and now you're playing Jack Bird who's played fullback before as we know and he's been pretty good this year himself but um, yeah I don't know what the Dragons are doing and and we forget that they're still in the top eight 
race. You know, they're still well in the mix. And um, but gee, if they drop this game, and likewise, likewise the Raiders, it's it's pretty much a a finals game. This one, um, yeah, I can't work them out. I think the constant changing can't be good for anyone, and losing Ben Hunt this week as well is very difficult. Um, I guess he's their leader, and although he hasn't been as as good coming back from Origin, he's he's certainly um, you know he's the one that they they work around. So. Someone needs to step up there. You look at the halves, Corey Norman, Adam Clune, they've been there before. But um, yeah, geez, I don't know where it's going to come from from the Dragons. It's um it's dire times at the moment, despite, you know, all the I guess the changes. It's good that some young kids are getting a go, but it's just hard to see where they're going to win at the moment. Yeah, I mean Ben Hunt out is absolutely massive. He was the one that was dragging them back into that game uh last week after they got sort of knocked around at the start. It was his boot that, you know, set up a couple of tries and he had a 40-20 in there and you know that broken arm that he somehow managed to play through. I don't even know how he does that, but that obviously hampered him and um, they weren't able to stay in the game as it went on. But yeah, you're right. It's This is a real four-point game. Uh, Raiders and the Dragons, ninth and 10th on the ladder, two of the five teams on 18 points. The Whoever wins this is potentially inside the top eight at the end of the round or very close to it. And the losers probably starting to lose touch a bit. Yeah, that's it. And I, just on the Raiders, watching them last week, we saw obviously um, like Matt Frawley, you know, he'd been with them when they won a couple of games and then Jack Whiten's come back in. Obviously, Jack's probably been a bit below par um, by his usual standards this year. But, you know, did that mess it up a bit for Canberra as well? You need those halves to fire and especially at this time of the year. So I think whoever can sort of um, get it right on the night um, out of those those four players will, uh, will get the job done for their side. Give us a tip. Uh, I went with the Raiders on this one. Who you got, Marty? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders. I just think too much uh, upheaval for the Dragons. I, I do like Jack Bird at fullback, actually. I think those other guys you mentioned, Dufty, look, he's going out of the club and clearly a bit out of favour, but also he and Tyrell Sloan. I just think with the, the modern-day fullback, perhaps a little small, a little too easily sort of manhandled. There's a couple of young Dragons there. It'll be better next year and the year after with a bit more time in the, the gym, I reckon. But, uh, no, the Raiders will be getting the points here. I just worry about Bird's fitness. He's sort of been asked to play in the back row and do the, you know, 30 tackles a game and the, the up and backs. And now he's asked to go back to fullback where you're constantly running and, you know, probably making three tackles a game, but doing a lot of kick returns is a very different sort of fitness. So how he handles that will certainly be key. And yeah, Raiders for me, just with the uh, all the changes at the Dragons. Second Friday game, the Eels up against the uh, Rabbitohs. Congrats team. That was three for three of us that tipped the Roosters over the Eels uh, last week, disagreeing with the, uh, the bookies. And it was pretty convincing in the end. Um, Alicia, Parramatta looked a shadow of the, what they looked like at the the start of the year, obviously missing um, Mitch Moses, but uh, I know the halfback's always a key player for any team, but a lot of other teams have had to do without their main playmaker and handled it better than Parramatta have of late. Yeah, it's been pretty disappointing back-to-back losses um, for them post-origin. And, and yeah, I mean, we knew Mitchell Moses was going to be a loss, but we also hope that, you know, Dylan Browns would step up given he has played uh, a year or two now in first grade. Um, yeah, they just got no answers at the moment in attack. It's sort of gone a bit stale. I think you mentioned it in the past, especially earlier in the year, that this time of the year they sort of wobble a little bit. So they've got a tough run home and it starts against, well, started last week really against the Roosters. But with the Rabbitohs this week, they're firing and they've played um, quite poorly against them in the past couple of years. So it's worrying signs, but getting Mitchell Moses back is a massive boost. And, um, you know, I guess it, it's, if anything, we see top teams sometimes have a little lull. You hope that this is it for them and, and they can sort of motor on from here. Yeah, well, I have said it 
in the past and they just play such a sort of a high energy physical game that I think it just drains them as the year goes on and they really sort of got the wobbles around round 10 last year it's taken a bit longer um, this year but it looks like the same you know just a bit of history repeating uh, I lose Regan Campbell-Gillard as well he's out uh, for a few weeks with a, a groin strain they do get Nicore back which a, uh, is a little bit of a an offset to that um, Marty Eels v Rabbitohs. I mean, South ended Parramatta's season last year, and like Alicia said, it really had the wood over them um, in recent recent years, and, and scored plenty of points against them. And that um, left side attack, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell on fire against the Dragons last weekend. Yeah, Latrell Mitchell would have been the uh, fullback of the week to a young bloke named Turbo stepped <laughs> up on uh, Monday night. So he was unreal, Latrell Mitchell. Look, I think South with Cameron Murray back, um, Benji Marshall, obviously having a bit of time in quarantine with his young family so they get him back on the bench i think they're just building very nicely south and pretty much trending in the, the opposite direction to Parramatta. i mean obviously moses will make a, a huge difference but i think you've you've put your finger there on a few problems that Parramatta have got and it's hard just to turn it around on the return of one bloke so yeah i really like what Souths are doing and i think uh cameron murray's a massive in for them i think they uh, i think they should probably get away with this one Alicia, how do you see it panning out? Yeah, I'm the same. Souths for me, I can't see Barra getting uh, too close to them. Yeah, 38 points to 20. Souths beat them earlier in the year. So, uh, yeah, Souths for me as well. Saturday footy kicks off with the Warriors and the Sharks. Uh, Alicia, Warriors, a pretty gritty win against the Tigers last week. They've had a whole lot of issues to deal with, you know, players going home, players going out, you know, season-ending injuries. Um, Tigers, it must be said, were extremely poor. But, um, you know, Warriors, a little bit of a, a morale booster for them, and they get troops back this week for Noah Blake and Lodge in the front row and Chanel Harris-Tavita uh, in the halves. Well, I don't mean to brag, but Peter, Peter Hicko at 5'8", I caught it last week. He had a blinder <laughs> in, in 2020 at the SCG and he backed it up. I'm so happy for him. Um, but yeah, obviously he moves back to the back line now with uh, Harris Tavita back, who we all thought would, would miss the rest of the year with a peck injury. So it's good to see him back. Um, they've lost a couple though. Ben Murdoch the filler is out. And uh, another Otacolo, one. Daniel Otacolo, yep. the hooker. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a bit of a blow. Um, but then they get a... As you mentioned, they get a trio back and Matt Lodge and Adam Finnell Blake up front are pretty much, uh, you know, they're colossals at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what we think. Um, this game, Sharks, obviously, you know, losing Sean Johnson, they they didn't uh, play very well on on Monday. And, um, yeah, I give, them, give the Warriors every chance in this one. They're sort of, they've still got plenty of strike in their side. They just need their young halves to, to um, fire a little bit. What about this Sharks team? Um... Marty, you mentioned they got dismantled by Turbo uh, on the weekend. I thought uh, Braden Trindle had a pretty good game, all things considered. They actually looked really good um, once Turbo went off and, and squared the ledger a bit. They scored a, a few points. Um, so not having to go up against uh, Turbo this weekend, maybe they'll uh, fancy their chances. Yeah, look, they got back into that game just before half time, and then he just completely took over the game and put them out of it. So I think enough enough positive signs there for Cronulla. Jesse Ramian missed that game. I think he was ruled out late with a ear infection and he comes back in. So, you know, I think that's a massive boost for them. He's a huge weapon in their back line and uh, I think he can cause plenty of problems. So, look, Cronulla, you know, Josh Hannay said after that game that they're in control of their destiny in that uh, in that race for the, the bottom part of the eight. So, uh, you know, that's the way you want it. You want to be in control of what you're doing and they really should be hitting back. I think the Warriors look they're a much better side with the guys that have come back in and they will have taken a lot of uh, 
confidence out of last week. It was a fantastic win with the side that they had on the field. But I just think Cronulla have got too much to play for. And, uh, you know, they really should be aiming up and, and winning this game. Yeah, well, sitting inside the top eight on four and against and, um, you know, pretty soft draw compared to some of the teams around them. So fate 100% in their own hands, like you say. Um, so that's one tip for Sharks. Alicia, who are you going for? Yeah, I've got the Sharks. I just quickly want to read their bench as well. Hamlin Ueli, Royce Hunt, Aidan Tolman and Andrew Peters. Is there any bigger than that? I'm not sure. break the bench. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I expect them to, uh, to be too strong for Warriors. Yeah, I, I'd love to see Warriors get a, another win and sort of keep uh, keep their, their hopes alive, just given everything they've been through. But I can't uh, I can't tip them to beat the uh, the Sharks this weekend. Second Saturday game, this one is a blockbuster. Alicia, the Roosters and the Panthers. Roosters, um, as we all tipped last week, extremely good against the Eels. Um, can't cop a break with their uh, their backline. The uh, the number of play you could field an entire backline of the, the players that they're uh, they're missing, um, halves included. But uh, they do get. Dale Copley, a little bit of a late season uh, recruit to come in and, and plug a gap with um, both the Morris twins joining Ikevalo and Suwali on the uh, the sidelines. And um, yeah, very strong last week against the Eels. Yeah, they were. I think, as mentioned, we all tipped them. But I think for the Roosters at the moment, it just feels like the pressure's off them a little bit. They're just playing with a lot more freedom than probably what they have before. I think Trent Robinson's just given them a license to basically play play to the structures, but also, you know, set up points in different ways that they're probably not used to either. Um, they are give them every chance. So I tipped them this week to, to beat Penrith. I just think they're on a bit of a run and it's, um, I guess it's not necessarily going under the radar, but, you know, we're still not expecting the Roosters to win the competition at this point. So, um, yeah, I give them every chance. I think their forward pack um, is pretty much the strongest that they can field or, or even, you know, if, if you did put those retired guys back in there, they're still, you know, pretty formidable without them. Um, their bench is doing a job as well. I think the Butcher Boys, um, Egan and Nat are playing quite well. Egan in particular last week was enormous against the Eels. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I give them every opportunity against Penrith, who I think at the moment, um, despite getting a few guys back this week, I'm a bit worried about them. I just think they're in a little bit of a... A lull period. Um, obviously, Nathan Cleary is key. Once he comes back, I think we'll get back on track. But for now, I just, um, yeah, I'm just not too sure about him at the moment. What do you make of the Panthers, Marty? They've had the wobbles pretty much since Origin, missing a lot of players. Cleary, obviously, a big out. Brian Toto, I think, a massive out from the back line. James Fisher-Harris, a huge out from the pack. They get Isaiah Yo back, who they missed badly uh, last week, and also Appy Coruscant Hooker, who they uh, who they missed, but uh, have just been a, a little bit fragile. They're still like you know. Stephen Crichton misses this weekend. Kurt Capel goes to the, the centres where, um, you know, he had a, a few struggles during Origin. Um, well, he won't be up against um, Turbo and Luttrell in the centres this time. Uh, Tavita Pangai makes his club debut on the bench. So, um, yeah, still dealing with a bit of disruption, uh, either Cleary's men. Yeah, I think Tavita Pangai will, will help them a lot. But, yeah, just it just feels like ever since Origin, I mean, this is something that they really hadn't had to deal with before is having that number of star players go to origin and all cop a bit of a hammering. Obviously the injury to Cleary was the biggest blow to come out of origin for them. But, you know, Brian Tyro sort of, he was just amazing in origin, but it's just, it just feels like it's all catching up with them at the moment. And they're, you know, they're being catapulted in against, uh, you know, they, got, they had to play the storm last week when they were severely weakened and now they've come up against another top quality opponent. So Huge testing times for them, and uh, yeah, it does feel like they're just on a bit of a, a bit of a slide, desperately waiting for for Nathan Cleary to come back and sort of uh, steer them around. But I, I'm not so sure that one man can kind of put the whole show back on track if they uh, if they sort of keep 
going in the wrong direction, then uh, look, they're obviously going to be in the finals. And, you know, as we always say, it's a different game when you get to the finals, but you don't want to be heading in the wrong direction and, and low on confidence when you get there. Well, Alicia, tip Roosters. Are you going for Roosters or Panthers? The Roosters, for me, they had a win at the judiciary. I think uh, JWH getting off and being able to play is a, is a massive bonus for them. He's been absolutely enormous up front. So just like the way they're going at the moment there, uh, James Tedesco, as he said last week, their halves are going particularly well and just bring him up to do what he does. And, uh, yeah, they look, they look pretty impressive at the moment. I think they can go on with it. Just think back to when they played earlier in the year and Panthers were looking absolutely unstoppable and smashing everyone and the Roosters came out and really physically took it to them or up two tries to to nil and like it was absolutely all over them. And I think Roosters had an error in their own end out of nowhere and Nathan Cleary turned the screws and uh, Panthers just went on a run and absolutely steamrolled them. But if Roosters can match that sort of intensity and, and not come up with those fundamental mistakes and not have to deal with Nathan Cleary peppering them with uh, goal line dropouts, then um, yeah, they might kick on with this one so uh, I will be tipping the Roosters as well the final Saturday game um, the you know ever since the Battle of Brookvale we've always looked forward to uh, the Seagulls coming up against the Storm um, Marty obviously very different lineups these days to, to back in those fiery days but always still a, a good rivalry between these two yeah absolutely mate good memories of uh, 10 years ago I was working at Rugby League Week at the time and uh, remember everyone coming in on the, the Monday after uh, after that game and it was just a you know, even though there was obviously a bit more uh, fighting and a bit more aggression in the game back in those days, that was uh, that was next level. And I mean, they were real sort of top dogs at that stage, you know, exchanging premierships and really, uh, you know, having a good crack at each other. I think they were first and second on the ladder the night they played in 2011. So, yeah, different times now. But I think the way that Manly are going, they've really added, has added an element to this game that, uh, you know, six or eight weeks ago, you probably would have just uh, chalked up another a win for Melbourne. And, and look, I think Melbourne probably will get away with it, but uh, certainly Manly are just playing some great football. And, and they've got, you know, Tom Trevojevic at the moment. He's, you know, he's the elite player in this competition. And, you know, if, if Melbourne can't uh, control him, then uh, who knows what he might be able to do again this week. What are you looking forward to, Alicia? Well, it's one of those moments. I was talking to somebody earlier about it today where it was like everyone knew where they were. On that night, the Battle of Brookie, I was um, I was at home in a mate's place eating eating pizza as you do on a Friday night, and uh, I had about three phone calls from people just going, "Did you just see what happened at the footy? You know that that was just that was crazy." And it, it's uh, obviously remembered for not necessarily all the great reasons. We don't, we don't like to see that happen on the footy field, but it probably won't ever happen again either. Um, and yeah, I mean these two sides have obviously settled things down since then. But um, if anyone's going to beat Melbourne and, and break this sixteen-game winning streak, I think it's Manly this weekend. I'm still going to tip towards Melbourne just to play it safe. But um, yeah, I mean, how can you go against Tommy Turbo and what he's doing? It's not like he's going to get too uh, too worked up over playing Melbourne. He's just going to come out and play his own game, and um, we've seen him perform on the big stage. So uh, yeah, I, I'm expecting it to be a, a real close battle and obviously game of the round. Speaking of everyone knows what they were doing on that night. I was actually, I uh, went for a couple of work drinks after uh, finishing up in the office. I uh, was out in uh, Chatswood having a few beers and my housemate who uh, was another Mad Para fan was calling me to come and meet him at the, um, at the Para game because they were playing Roosters at, um, I think it was Pertec Stadium. Um, and I decided to 
stay where I was, have a couple more beers and go home. And that that was back when you had the um, the delayed Channel 9 game and the live Channel 9 game. So Eels were the delayed game. So I'm there on the couch. I think I had takeaway watching the uh, Battle of Brookie unfold in front of me. And he was out there on his own at Parramatta Stadium, watched the Eels lose to the Roosters in what was a pretty dire game. So I definitely uh, got, the, got the better of the uh, equation in that one. Um, sorry, tips. Who are you going for? Alicia? Um, go on Melbourne just to play it safe. Marty? Yeah, look, I'll stick with the storm, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute cracking contest. I think uh, Manly are the real X factor in this uh, semi-final series coming up, and uh, Desi would love nothing better than getting one over Melbourne uh, as they roll towards the finals, but uh, storm for me. Yeah, Storm for me as well. Manly have been uh, beating up on some teams that haven't really been at the the north part of the uh, ladder and conceding a few points on the way. I think the standard's going to go up a lot for them uh, this weekend. But that is Saturday footy done and dusted. We will head into Sunday afternoon footy, the Bulldogs and the West Tigers. Uh, Marty, Dogs, pretty bereft of answers at the moment, but Tigers weren't exactly great on the weekend either. Yeah, we certainly go from uh, one end of the, the ladder to the other one with this game. But look, I, I still think the Bulldogs, I mean, I just like, what they're building there. I've got a lot of respect for Trent Barrett as a coach. I think, uh, you know, when you look what's the players that are heading there next year with Josh Adokar and Matt Burton, and I think he's got a lot to work on. And I, I think there's some really good young, talented guys coming through. So West Tigers, you know, we just, we talk about them a lot and their, their terrible inconsistency and up one week and down the next and must be driving uh, Michael Maguire mad I would have thought so uh yeah I just think that the Bulldogs will, will just continue to they'll get a lot out of the last five weeks and use it to keep building to next year. Alicia on the the team's front Jade Ockenbaugh and Cole Flanagan have paid the price for uh last week Ockenbaugh's really struggled uh since coming back from that uh, knee injury Flanagan I kind of feel a bit for he's um I think it's three times he's been dropped uh this year and he's you know hasn't probably played the way he'd like to but he's not getting a whole lot of support either. Yeah, and it's pretty hard when there's no reserve grade either to sort of go back to and, and work on your game. Um, he's obviously just got to do it at training. But, yeah, I mean, do we do we think that that's pretty much it for him for this year? Does he does he just need a one big mental break? And, obviously, uh, Barrett's gone with our Bailey Biondiodo this week at 5'8", so I'm excited about that. Just haven't, obviously, we've seen him play dummy half and he's played pretty well this season. Um, and Jake Averillo's there at halfback. So, I mean... Barrett is, is constantly changing the team. I, I would have liked to have seen Nick Meany just stay at fullback for the rest of the year. He's obviously gone back there now, but last week he, you know, tweaked it with Corey Allen. It just didn't really work. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, he's got nothing to lose at the moment in terms of team changes. It's just a matter of trying to find a couple of wins before the, the year finishes. And Tigers, I mean, that last 10 minutes against the Warriors, it uh, sort of sums up without putting, you know, too much on them because they are trying their best. But it just sums up, I guess, the last sort of decade for them. They just just didn't didn't have any answers for on their line that play the ball with no one there. Like, I'm sure, you know, they're just absolute coach killers, but fan killers as well. And um, I would have been more concerned going into this game if, if, uh, if they were coming off a win against the Warriors, just given they are quite a complacent side, but I think last week's loss would have fired them up. So I'm expecting them to uh, to get the job done against the Bulldogs this week. Yeah, it was a tough one. You see Luke Brooks pick the ball up and run the length to to score a try. And then the, obviously there was a, a knock on off his arm in the, the lead up, which is a correct call, but that really just seemed to uh, take it out of them a bit. And then, yeah, some unforgivable errors to play the ball with no one there. They um, just weren't able to find the, the killer blow when they need it. What about... Um, 
you know, the, just in, on the team's front, Moses Embai has to go to fullback. Dane Laurie, unfortunately, a broken leg and season over. Michael Cheekham is probably more of a forward these days, goes into the uh, in the centres. Um, Zach Sini named on the bench. He uh, had a wonderful debut and then a, a bit of a struggle in his second game, but uh, gets another chance uh, this weekend. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there's a couple little changes there, like does Sini sort of uh, go to fullback and Moses Embai goes into the centres as a bit of a late change. I don't know if Cheekham, he's obviously played centres before, so we'll just wait and see on that one if that's how Michael Maguire goes. Surprisingly, though, Maguire didn't make a lot of changes. Obviously, Dane Laurie was the force change, and I think he's been their best player all year, so it's a massive blow for them, along with Adam Dewey, obviously, being their better player, one of their better players. Um, but, yeah, they they sort of this, their finals hopes are pretty much done now. We all know that. So, for them, it's about, you know, trying to finish as high as they can on the ladder leading into next season. Who are you tipping? Uh, I've gone the Tigers, yep. Marty? Uh, Bulldogs for me, mate. I think um, I think Dane Laurie is just a massive, massive blow. He basically didn't play at all in that game last week. He was gone in the first tackle and they really missed him. So, I think that the Bulldogs can spring a bit of an upset. I will go for the Tigers. Final game of the round, the Titans and the Cowboys. Uh, Marty, Titans on a little bit of a high, two uh, pretty commanding wins back-to-back against uh, admittedly poor opposition, but it gets them uh, into the top eight, up to seventh, actually, the best for and against of the five teams tied on 18th. Um, big decisions for Holbrook floating around at the moment. Jamal Fogarty now available after that nasty finger injury, but young Toby Sexton's been killing it uh, in the two games that he's had. And Ash Taylor was actually really good on the weekend. And uh, we've also seen David Fafita come coming off the bench in recent weeks. And uh, certainly two weeks ago against the Dragons, it worked to great effect. He was probably better contained uh, last weekend, but they still uh, got away with a big win. Wary of getting too carried away with the Titans. They um, they can be wildly inconsistent, but I, you know, I do like him at the moment. I think the halves are looking really good. Ash Taylor, we all know the, the struggles he's had over the years. And he just, when he's confident and playing the way that he is at the moment, it just seems to be combining with Sexton really well. So I like what they're doing there. And Fafita coming off the bench looks to be a bit of a masterstroke. He's like a bit of a caged lion sitting there waiting to to get on and uh, wreak a bit of havoc when he gets out there. So, yeah, I really like the way they're going. And, yeah, they took that massive leap last weekend up into into the eight. So, uh, yeah, they're on a bit of a roll. About the uh, Cowboys, Alicia, they get Val Holmes back, which allows uh, Jake Granville to go from fullback back to his regular bench hooker role. He acquitted himself pretty well, uh, I thought, in those couple of games, but you'd certainly rather have uh, Val there given the choice. Then a few interesting ones in the forward pack, a new second row pairing of Jason Tamalolo and Hill and Lukey. Jason Tamalolo, I'm not sure I ever remember him starting on an edge. Uh, Cohen Hess takes the uh, the 13 jersey. So Todd Payton, obviously, a little bit out of patience with the way things have been going and, and making some changes. Yeah, Peyton uh, earlier in the week got asked about, you know, why the, the sort of weird changes. He said, mate, we've lost seven in a row, so <laughs> we have to try something. Um, Tamalolo, from what he was saying, they want to sort of um, try and get the halves a bit more room. So, obviously, if there's a bit more um, defenders being attracted um, with, with Tamalolo running on the edge, then hopefully that will uh, allow Tommy Dearden and Scott Drinkwater to just have a bit more room on, on the edge because, um, you know, I thought they played pretty well against the Broncos um, in attack. You know, they, they did a fair bit, but just couldn't come up with, I guess, that that big play. Jake Granville started pretty well at fullback, but just towards the end of the game, obviously he doesn't have that fullback fitness in him. Whereas, uh, you know, Val Holmes obviously returning is a massive boost just on him too. He'll have to have a couple of pain filling injections and sort of play out the rest of the year um, in pain, which um, is something he's willing to do to, to try and get a win on the ball because it has been a really dire seven weeks for the Cowboys. You know, they've, they've had that really good 
um, purple period patch middle of the year and now it's just sort of all been undone and uh, yeah they need a response in this mini Queensland derby on the weekend. Who are you tipping? Uh, I've gone the Titans in saying that I just think they'll be too strong. Marty? Titans for me mate lock it in. That's three tips for the Titans, and that is all eight games from round 21. Uh, thank you very much, Alicia, and thank you also, Marty, for joining us once again on the NRL.com preview podcast, and thanks to everyone for listening. We'll be back this time next week to uh, have a look at round 22. <laughs>